Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend. I'm Jason Godby here with the last of our four-part series on the Tribeca Film Festival. Today we're going to take you back to the red carpet for a couple of horror projects featured at the fest. But first, here's Emmeline Pryor with a couple of quick words from our sponsors. No Rest for the Weekend's coverage of the Tribeca Film Festival is sponsored by New York Women in Film and Television. NYWIFT congratulates its 15 members with films at Tribeca 2023. NYWIFT.org. Black Magic Design, the world's highest quality products for the feature film, post and broadcast industries. BlackMagicDesign.com. And by JMR Rentals, professional, digital, cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com Suitable Flesh is a new horror-slash-thriller based on the H.P. Lovecraft story, The Thing on the Doorstep. We were there at the premiere at Tribeca and caught up with Jonathan Sheck, Heather Graham, Barbara Crampton, and the director, Joe Lynch. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey of the movie and now what it's like to arrive here at Tribeca? It was uh, presented to me. Me and Joe Lynch made a, um, a creep show episode. And uh, I've known him forever. Uh, we were part of the Masters of Horror community. And he reached out and he was like, you know, I, I had this H.P. Lovecraft script, you know, they, and we're, we're doing all this really unique stuff. We're swapping the roles from the feminine to the masculine. And I think you're going to love it. And it's starring Heather Graham. And I was like, yeah, sounds great, Joe sent me a script and I got to read it and we made it in Mississippi and and I know Barbara Crampton had asked the writer of uh, some previous films you know about pro product and they sent this this script in so it's found a new life can you talk about your character I basically play Heather Graham's husband in this is what I is like he and he's out of work and he's uh, he's trying to find a new trying to figure out who he is, and she helps him figure out some new things that he really likes. And what's it like now, having gone through it, being here, premiering at Tribeca? So far, the people really love the film, and uh, the people who love the genre love the film, and that means a lot to me. Horror's got that, like, intense fan base. What are you guys going to bring to it that they haven't already seen? Oh, well, first off, they swapped the masculine and the feminine roles. So I think that, that right there is going to make it really unique and very tantalizing. It's very sexy. You know, it's an erotic thriller. It's really what it is. So if someone said erotic thriller, Heather Graham, and you're like, I'm in. I'm in. John the Check, Heather Graham, erotic thriller? Come on. What do you feel like the impact's going to be for the audience? Are you talking like straight scares? Are they going to make them think? They're going to be thinking, and hopefully they're going to experience and, and get tantalized. That's a good, good word. This film tantalizing. I'm here with the star of Suitable Flesh, Heather Graham. I'm dying to know how you were approached, what kind of drew you to the project. They sent me the script, they, they offered me the role. I think that the at the time they offered me the role, it might have been called The Thing on the Doorstep. And I just thought it was a super interesting, complicated role. I love that the character is the super intelligent therapist and um, just how nuanced the character is. And of course, the body swap aspect was really fun. I get to be possessed by a demonic entity and play like a an undead demonic entity that has lived through the centuries just 
torturing people. <laughs> so I get to play, you know, three different characters in this movie, and it's really fun. The horror fan base is, like, so fervent. What do you feel like this movie is going to give them that they haven't seen already? Well, I think that our director, Joe Lynch, he's such a horror film fan, and so a lot of, he's calling them Easter eggs, all these kind of Lovecraftian or Stuart Gordon reanimator things that are peppered throughout that horror fans will love, and just kind of the retelling of just this classic story, but from a modern gaze, I think is very cool. Um, in the actual Lovecraft story, the character was a man, and they decided to um, change the gender into being a woman, because Lovecraft, I guess, didn't write as many female roles, and I think it's a very cool, as an actress, I'm grateful to, you know, have this juicy role that was used to be a male role, now it's a female role. Now, here at Tribeca, what does this feel like landing here? I mean, it's really great when you make an independent film and, and, and you never know what's going to happen with it, but to get into like a big film festival like Tribeca, it's really, you feel like you, you did well. And today, actually, we were doing an interview and Barbara started crying because it just it's pretty awesome when you make a movie, you don't know what's going to happen, and then you get into an, an awesome film festival. How did this project come to you, and, and can you tell me a little bit about the role you play? Stuart Gordon, who I've worked with uh, in a number of films, reanimator from Beyond Castle Freak, passed away a number of years ago, and I reached out to the writer of those films, and I said, what do you have, because I'm producing movies now, and I said, what do you have that you and Stuart never got off the ground. Is there something that is on your shelf that's been collecting dust? He sent me the script and I read it and I immediately fell in love with it and I couldn't understand why he wasn't able to get the money for it or get it off the ground. So I said, I want to try to get it off the ground. Dennis, do you own the rights for the film, for the project? And he said, yes. And I said, well, let me take it to my guys at Amp Films and see if they like it as much as I do. And they did, and then we set about trying to find a director for it, and I reached out to Joe Lynch and a few other people, and talked to Joe, and Joe was really the best choice for the movie, and we worked on the material a little bit more, and then set about trying to find our star, Heather Graham, and casting the movie, and then we were able to get the money to make it, and. Here we are. Was the gender swap part in the script, or was that something that you brought to it? That was something that Joe Lynch wanted to do, because originally, in the original story, the person who's having these issues is a man. And then Joe said, I think we should kind of change that and have it be a woman. I just think that's more interesting and more provocative and something we haven't seen. Something that's different than the erotic thrillers from the 90s, and so let's change that. So. We did, and we were able to, you know, we sent it to Heather, and she loved the material and loved the script so much, so we were so excited. What can you tell me about the role that you play? So I play Heather's um, older colleague and confidant, and we're really, like, best friends in the film. And the, the movie is about an entity who travels through time and takes over different people's bodies. And it starts in a young man's body, Judah Lewis's, um, when he's having issues and then he goes to talk to Heather's character and then it transfers through a few other people in the movie and we're trying to stop this from happening but I don't know it's an ancient sort of curse that can't be stopped as easily as you might hope. I smell a sequel <laughs> so for uh, for you uh, what do you think this is gonna give horror fans uh, that you know that rabid fan base out there? Yeah thank you for asking that I'm 
I have a long history with Lovecraft and I wanted to continue my legacy with Lovecraft and I also wanted for us to make a film that was a little bit more accessible than maybe some other Lovecraft films of the past are and were and with the advantage of having Heather Graham who's an A-list star in our movie and also it's not as much horror as it is erotic thriller, psychological thriller, it's a love story, there's a lot of things going on in the movie so I just wanted to reach out a little bit more and widen the horizon for Lovecraft fans and people who may not know Lovecraft at all. And after being on my, in this journey of getting this movie made, what does it feel like landing here at uh, Tribeca? You know, this morning somebody asked me that question and I started to cry because it's a journey to make any movie and it's from the time that I talked to Dennis to now, it was three years ago. So that's how long it takes. I mean, we're here now, the movie's not even released. We're going to be playing a couple of other festivals before the movie comes out. It's a lot. It's very meaningful to me. And I do have to say that all the actors that we have in the movie, Jonathan Sheck, Bruce Davison, Heather Graham, Judah Lewis, are fantastic in the film. And Joe Lynch is a, an amazing director. And to get the opportunity to bring this vision to life with all these players and all these great actors, just amazing and I'm, I'm so grateful to everyone who worked on it. So Joe, I understand that Barbara brought the movie to you. Can you talk about like what your first impression was and and what kind of attracted you to the script? Considering that I am a huge fan of the, the queen of horror, Barbara, Barbara Crampton, uh, when you get an email from Barbara Crampton with a script from Dennis Paoli, the writer of Reanimator and From Beyond and all of your, some of your favorite Lovecraft films, asking if you'd be interested, you say yes. Just simple as that. Uh, but to be able to call her both uh, a friend and a boss together, like it's a dream come true for any horror fan who's grown up with Barbara and with the work that she's done. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. And to have a true collaborator who many times protected me creatively when maybe other producers might not have, you know? So it was a dream to work with her. And then when I got that script, I mean, it was everything that I wanted from a movie that if they did, and they did announce it at one point that Stuart Gordon was gonna direct it. So as a fan, I was like, I'm in. So now it's like, oh wait, now I have to do it? Shit. Okay. Like, and I better, I better knock it out of the park, and we'll see. She mentioned that you kind of came up with the idea to gender swap the roles. What was the impulse for that? Honestly, I think it was just um, because film should be a product of the times in a way. Like, you know, in, in certain ways it should be timeless, but in other ways, you know, films and stories, especially in the genre, should also reflect the world that we live in, the times that we're in. And if you had made Suitable Flesh or The Thing on the Doorstep 15, 20 years ago with someone, say, I don't know, like Michael Douglas, right, in the 90s, that story paradigm would have probably fit very well. Not these days, you know? And, and I, I felt like it would be so much more interesting and so much more dangerous and so much more provocative if we were able to do something that took all the same notes but do it with two, you know, strong women instead of it just being the usual male gaze, you know? And look, as a, shh, don't tell anybody, cisgender white male myself, 
you know, I knew that I wouldn't be able to, you know, fully capture that without having great collaborators and between people in front of the camera and behind the camera, we infuse this with as many women filmmakers as possible to give it that female gaze that I felt like it needed. And honestly, it made it so much more interesting that way, you know, so, and, and, I, and, and also, Lovecraft is not known to, um, you know, be very uh, male, female gaze friendly. So I thought, what a great way to subvert what we're expecting. Hopefully he's not rolling his grave too much, um, but I think he would probably really dig it too. Do you see this as a horror film? And do you want to, what do you want to give to that audience they haven't already seen? Well, honestly, as a member of the horror community myself, a card-carrying member of the hashtag horror fam, um, I, you know, like, I watch a lot of horror movies and I love a lot of horror movies and those horror movies are what made me who I am today in many ways. So for me, a lot of times it's just, it's just giving back, you know, it's, it's thinking like, what would I want to see? And that's exactly what this was. Like if Stuart Gordon directed this movie, I would be thrilled, but it, it, unfortunately he's no longer with us. So for me, it was just trying to take the baton from what Stuart wanted to do and run with it and hopefully as respectfully as possible give the audience and give it, give the horror community something that I think they'll want to be talking about. And after you know going on the journey of making the film, arriving here, Tribeca Film Festival, what's going through your mind right now? How am I feeling right now? Uh, I want to vomit, uh, I want to pee, uh, but most importantly I want to hug everybody here for being here because movies like this don't normally get this kind of treatment. And the fact that we've been embraced, not just by the, the New York cinema crowd, not just by the Tribeca crowd, not just by the horror crowd, um, just people who love movies. And to, to be here for that, it's a dream come true. I'm from New York, so it's a dream for me to be able to like be home and share this movie with all of you guys You know, on the streets of New York. It's what every burgeoning filmmaker, when they start out here, is always hoping for. So dreams do come true, Ma. The Horror of Dolores Roach is a new Amazon series with interesting origins. We were there on the red carpet to chat with cast members Ilan Eskenazi, K. Todd Freeman, Jessica Pimentel, Keita Updike, producer Gloria Calderon Calette, and stars Alejandro Hernandez and Justina Machado. So I played Jonah Perlman uh, on the show, and the show is called The Horror of Dolores Roach, and it's a really just wild story, kind of a new take on Sweeney Todd, but in New York City. Um, and I just think it's going to be really fun. It sort of explores the issues that are hitting New York City and the people around it, and my character is sort of just a classic New York boy who is trying to look for answers and gets up caught up in this whirlwind romance and uh, gets caught up in everything going on. Does it still have that sort of penny dreadful black comedy type tone? Definitely, definitely. It's very much a dark comedy uh, and it's really funny, really dark, and it's just going to surprise people, I think, where the humor and the horror sort of mix. And how do you feel about seeing it with the audience tonight? I mean, it's unbelievable. I did not think that I would be at Tribeca anytime soon, and it's just a dream come true. I'm excited for people to see it. I think it really needs an audience to make it pop now, because I've seen it, you know, so I'm excited. So, Kate Todd, tell me a little bit about the project and who you play. Well, the project is the horror of Dolores Roach, based, well, inspired by um, the musical story Sweeney Todd, and I play uh, Jeremiah, 
who is a conspiracy theorist, who is uh, distrustful of the guy who's running this um, empanada shop, and I've got my eye on Dolores to try to protect her. So I, I was asking uh, Ilan before, like, are there direct corollaries between Sweeney Todd and this story in terms of characters? Yeah, there are. Well, definitely for Dolores and um, uh, Luis, which is definitely, she would be the uh, Sweeney character and Luis is the Mrs. Lovett character. I think I'm vaguely based on the Toby character from uh, Sweeney Todd. Um, and, uh, I, and, and slightly plot-wise as well. So you're out there uncovering the truth kind of thing? Absolutely, yeah. And my character becomes very suspicious of, mis of, uh, of um, what's going on, just like the Toby character does in Sweeney Todd. And I try to clue Dolores in on what, you know, don't do it, don't do it. Well, how do you feel seeing it with an audience here at Tribeca? You know, I'm not sure I'm going to stay and watch. I don't necessarily like watching myself, but uh, I, I probably will, and I hope they enjoy it. I mean, I, it's, a, it's really well done. This project has been a labor of love, I cannot tell you, for the creators, the writers. Um, um, I remember seeing this originally as a, as a one-woman show in a little, you know, Joe's pub back in the day, and I, and I knew, I felt an instant connection with this character. So I knew, like, someday I had to have some kind of uh, involvement with it. That, that play turned into a radio play or podcast, if you will, but I'd say radio play. And the, the lovely creators turned it into this amazing, scary, funny, incredibly, um, incredibly uh, on time uh, piece of work, uh, like extremely valid, and extremely relevant. Can you tell me a little bit about the character? My character, Flora Frias, um, she's a telenovela actress who, uh, who's redeeming herself here in New York City. She becomes obsessed with this urban legend of this uh, masseuse, this murderous masseuse Dolores Roach. Is she real? Is it fake? Is she alive? Is she dead? Where is she? Where did she go? And um, she gets involved with it, writing a play about her and performing it on Broadway where it becomes a huge hit. So uh, how does it feel now seeing it with this audience here at Tribeca? I, 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 I cannot wait for the reactions. I cannot wait to see how they take it. I want to hear where they laugh. I want to hear where they shriek. I want to hear if they think they know what's coming. I, 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 this project is, when I tell you every episode brings some kind of twist, turn, unexpected something, I, it will leave you gasping, it will leave you laughing, it will leave you cheering. That's, I'm really hyping it up. I'm sorry, that's how excited I am about the project. I love it. So I know you will too, you will enjoy it. And it, it, it brings all the gory deliciousness, all the, the, the horror, the drama, the comedy, you got it all with a nice Latino spin on it, which is amazing because we never get to do this. It's like very rare. So here we are, the Latinos are bringing the blood and the horror. <laughs>So I've been with the project for five years, actually, and um, it all started with the public theater. They sent me over as a suggestion for the part. I got it. I loved it. I read it. And instantly, the creator, Aaron Mark, and I clicked like this. And I grew, not grew up, sorry. I lived in Washington Heights, only a few blocks away from where the story actually takes place. So I was able to bring um, honor to the women who lived there, the people who lived there. I saw the gentrification happen. And 
just seeing that and hearing that was so exciting. Um, and now I've come from A to B, from the podcast to the actual um, TV series. And it's just so fulfilling, it's fulfilling to get to go all of that way and to see it in all of its forms and to bring, you know, not only the audio part, but then audio visual, you know, you get to live in all of the worlds. So here, Tribeca Film Festival, how do you feel? How do you want the audience to react? I think that I want the audience to know. Um, Blumhouse does a lot of horror movies, as you know. Um, and I think that this TV series is comedic, it is dramatic, and it has horror, but it's accessible to everyone. All three of those things are really well done and really fleshed out. So anyone would enjoy it. Not just a horror fan, not just a comedy fan, not just somebody who wants to watch something really serious. So I think I want audiences to see all that. And it's at a quick pace. There's no fat to it. You know, it's just click, 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 and it'll get you in from the right second and you'll be held until the very end. So, Gloria, tell me about the journey of how this thing came to be. Well, it was first an amazing one-woman show starring the remarkable Daphne Rubin Vega and written by the amazing Aaron Mark, and that was nine years ago. And then that became a podcast by Spotify. And then that sold to uh, Amazon with Blumhouse. And now tonight we are seeing the premiere of the show based on the play that's based on the podcast. Here we are. Were you the one that sort of shepherded this whole thing through? No, I wish. I listened to the podcast because I love Daphne. And I was like, I have to be a part of this. And Jason Blum is so smart. And he already got the rights. And I, uh, my deal's at Amazon. So I called and said, I want to be a part of this in any way I can. I sent it to Justina to listen to, and she loved it and fell in love with it. And so uh, we I just sort of was doing behind-the-scenes things, and then they called me, and they're like, all right, you want to be a part of this? I said, yes. So now I am. Were you a, a Sweeney Todd fan? Yes. Yes. Demon Barber of Fleet Street, you bet. Uh, yes, I loved it. But I loved also that instead of being this British guy in England uh, killing people with Mrs. Lovett's pies um, being uh, put out, uh, this time it is a woman in Washington Heights and it is empanadas being put out to dispose of the bodies. For you, uh, having arrived here, Tribeca, what, what are your expectations? What do you want people to think? What do you want people to feel? We just want people to have a great time. You know, Blumhouse has such an amazing way of b blending humor and, and, uh, and horror. And so that's what you're going to get a taste of tonight, pun intended. Alejandro, talk to me about the project, how you got involved, and talk to me about your character. Oh, yeah, so Luis, uh, Luis is a misunderstood culinary visionary. Um, is it culinary or culinary? I've been saying culinary. I'm going to stick with it. He's a misunderstood culinary visionary, and um, he's been operating this shop, Empanada Loca, for 30 years, and it's it's his legacy. His father owned it, and they shut up shop there as, as, uh, as Latino migrants uh, trying to create a better life for themselves, creating a community that is also very Latino. And, you know, as time goes on, gentrification is... Um, is is running its course in Washington Heights and a lot of these businesses that were there for a very long time are gone and his is, business is about is in danger of being gone and is failing and he's he doesn't know anything else this is the only world that he knows this is the only place that he's 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 have to call home and he kind of lives and longs for the past and I think that's that's what he's willing to sacrifice he's willing to he's very much willing to do whatever he has to do to, to keep this memory alive and to to, to, to keep his legacy alive. And when Dolores comes, Dolores is this relic of the past that he sees and is willing to do whatever 
it whatever he can to hold on to her and to to hold on to his way of life. Or it started as a play, then it became a podcast. Now it's a series. And how did you get into it? So I remember when I was a when well, a kid, when I was in college, I remember hearing about this one woman play starring Daphne Rubin Vega called Empanada Loca and how it all started. And I, I just remember hearing rumblings about it like way back when. And I guess that's just how long the time frame of this piece has been around. And then the podcast was extremely popular. And then I got the audition for the play and uh, I listened to some of the podcasts. I didn't want to listen to it too much because when I was auditioning for it, I, I love Bobby Cannavale. He's one of my favorite actors. And I'm like, Bobby's the man. I'm never going to be Bobby. So I don't want to like copy his thing, you know? But um, I was just psyched to, to, to play a role, that this kind of role, but also psyched this, to play this role that Bobby's played, and he's especially him being an idol of mine. Because I thought that was really cool. That I'm, I'm in a way, I'm kind of like following the footsteps a little bit. It's pretty cool. Seeing it here with an audience, landing at Tribeca, what's going through your mind right now? Ah oh, man, there's a lot. Of, I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. Uh, I hope people like it. I hope they like it. I hope they enjoy it. I hope they enjoy watching as much as I did doing it. Um, it was a real joy to, to work on this show. It was one of the probably the greatest joys of my life. Uh, I had a ball doing it, and I, I hope that people uh, enjoy it and, and have a ball watching it. Justina, talk to me about the journey of this project and how you got involved. Well, I mean, it's been a couple years, and um, I, I, I listened to the podcast. I love the podcast, and then it came about that they were uh, looking for a Dolores, and I just went in and auditioned. You know, that's how it happened. So for those unfamiliar with the story, this is sort of a, a Sweeney Todd parallel. Talk to me about that and getting into that character. Well, I mean, listen, you know, I, I, I don't have a, a lot of experience with being a serial killer or snapping people's necks, but I mean, she's just a relatable character. Everybody understands what it's like to everything change, you know. Everybody understands what it's like to be a survivor. And um, that's how I related to her. There's a lot of things that weren't relatable. I'm also from the inner city of Chicago, and she's from the inner city of New York City. So expectations here tonight, seeing it with the audience here at Tribeca? Very excited. I think they're going to love it. I expect everyone to love it. <laughs> And that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, visit our website, norestforthweekendpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube, youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. I'd like to thank everyone who came out to chat with us at Tribeca. And, of course, a big shout-out and thanks to our sponsors, New York Women in Film and Television, Black Magic Design, and JMR Rentals. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.